Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, I am sharing this incredible conversation with you I had with Hillary Kruger. Hillary is a Minnesota-based marketing strategist who helps small business owners and entrepreneurs find their brand voice while learning to market their business through honest messaging. From six-figure launches to proven growth strategies, Hillary's work has helped thousands of brands find their voice and share their value without sacrificing integrity. Her work has garnered the attention of businesses and brands that are centered on innovative strategic growth without using the regular marketing tactics that make us all cringe. When she's not working or writing, you can find her on city adventures with her family of six or yelling at the TV during a Packers game. I love this episode. It's a ton of fun. And Hillary shares so much value with you, especially if you're in this online space, trying to figure out how to market your brand and your message and use your voice. And I have been following Hillary for a while now, and I reached out and I'm like, look, I would love to have you on the show. So I'm so grateful that she said, yes, you are going to get so much value out of this episode. If you want to learn how to share your voice, your message with the online space, find your people and connect. She has a very unique way of speaking of documenting versus creating to build relationships and authentic connections with your audience. By incorporating storytelling and videos and sharing your voice, you can attract your ideal clients and you're not too much. You're more than enough and you're uniquely created to impact others build a business you love by showing up and sharing who you are as you are. I love this episode. I know you're going to love it too. Oh, welcome to the show, Hillary. How are you today? Doing so good. Good. So I'm thrilled to have you here. And we have connected online. We've already spent a few minutes chatting about our husbands and fitness and jobs and being real and authentic. And there is something about you and your messaging that has spoke to me right from the first time a friend introduced me to you in your work. And it's this piece on like how authentic and real you are and sharing who you are. And the fact of we don't need to speak to everyone. We can like, we need to just be who we are and speak that. So that's the first thing that pops into my head when we start this conversation, but I would love it if you would give the audience a really just a brief intro as to who you are. Yeah. So I'm Hillary. I'm a mom of four. Most importantly, I live in Minnesota And I guess I kind of own a marketing agency, but I don't really have like all of these people under me. I mean, I do have a team. I have contractors. I have people like that. But like when you work with me, you work with me. Um, 
It's kind of funny, right before we hit record, I recently just went viral on TikTok talking about marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, before I even like started that TikTok account, I started a TikTok account just to like try it out. And I went viral about having a pandemic baby. Well, I realized not many people are going to work with me when I talk about and go viral about having a pandemic baby. And then I, this is the first time I actually went like super viral in content that like aligns with all of my other bingeable content. So it's been a really interesting, wild uh, 72 hours of just filtering through so many different comments. And just to hit on like being authentic to you is Number one, I swear, you know that about me. All my followers know that about me. Number two, like I am not fancy. Like I like nice things, but I don't have these like amazing spreadsheets or project management systems. Like it's really cut and dry to the point. Um, I had a call yesterday with a new client and I told her two things to do. And she's like, wow, it's really that simple, huh? I'm like, Literally, it's that simple. Like marketing is not as complex as you think. But some of the comments that people were saying, the whole viral video was about not being a fancy marketer and getting all of these clients that come to me after working with a marketing agency who uses all of these fancy terms. And basically, the company or the client doesn't even know what they're saying. They're just like, oh, they sound like they know what they're doing. Needless to say, they spend 25, 50, hundreds of thousands of dollars with that marketing company and they're given no results. And the company's like, well, it just takes time. It just takes time. It just takes time. No, it doesn't. You're not providing what they what it is that they need. And that's basically what it was like. And I was saying that I had pitched myself and sent four proposals to larger companies. And all four of them eventually came back and said, no, we're going with a different agency. And like, that's okay. But nine times out of 10, what ends up happening is they then come back to me Mm -hmm. and they say, you were right, but I don't have the money. I can't afford you Hillary anymore. And, And granted, I'm not nearly as expensive as those other agencies are, but then they can't even afford me because they dried up all their funds, but they know that I'm what they need. And then I started to get comments, you know, over the last couple of days now saying, why don't you sell like those agencies do? Why don't you get better at marketing yourself so that you can land those clients? And, you know, that sounds like a good idea. That does. Like, oh, why don't I lie? Why don't I pretend to be somebody I'm not so that they will say yes to me? Great. That sounds really in alignment with my brand and my values. I'd love to fucking do that. Absolutely not. There is no way in hell that I'm going to put on this front and try to be a watered down version of a high level marketing agency to land that client. It's just not who I am. Because what ends up happening is if you try to be somebody you're not constantly, you'll get unaligned clients. And when you get unaligned clients and you're constantly feeling like you have to put on a front on your own marketing, on your own content, on your own website, then you're that's literally the fastest way to burn out is trying to be somebody that you're not while trying to put on a front that you're a certain way. Because then when you get one-on-one with a, on the phone with them and they're like, oh, she just swore or, oh, she's talking to me from her king size bed or, oh my gosh, this is what her spreadsheet looks like. It's like, yeah, this is what it freaking looks like. And yeah, this is where I'm taking the call, but I will get you massive results. So 
that has been like a twinge in this like virality is people are like, just market how they market. I'm like, you don't understand if you live outside of your values, then what ends up happening is you just want to burn your old business to the ground. It's so infuriating. So that's just a little stitch on um, going viral and people trying to tell me how to run my business. And I want to say something here is that two of those four people have already come back. Mm. Now, both two of those four larger clients have come back. And I don't know if they saw my TikTok or if they read my email or what it was, but they both have come back and have said, actually, one of one of the girls, um, she had said, hey, I'm going to work with this agency. They're going to do X, Y, and Z using big terms. And I just said, well, it sounds like exactly what I would do. I was like, that sounds like exactly what you need. That sounds like exactly what I would do. I'm so happy that you're going to be working on bringing awareness to you to make more sales in your business. And I want you to know that I'm super confident that that would be exactly what I would do with you too. Good luck. Mm. And then she came back to me. She was like, okay, I, okay. Uh, would I be working with you or would I be working with someone under you? Because what ended up happening is probably the agency was like, oh, yeah. they do the call. So the agency sells you. Yeah. And then they pawn you off on their people that they pay not nearly as much money and give you mediocre results. So I think that's a lot of times what ends up what ends up happening. I love that you shared everything there. Um, and this is something that not even just in marketing, but in the online space, we see a lot that people will sell like they have a team that sells. And then sometimes you'll end up coming in to work with somebody, not even like you built a relationship with this first person and then you don't ever talk to them again. Now you're working with somebody else. And so I love that you shared that. I love that. Like, I think it's actually hilarious that that's the video that went viral because you were so like, it was just real raw and just, just fact. It wasn't complaining. It wasn't, it's just, this is just what's happened. And, and I'm so, laying in my bed, I know. With my hat on, still in my winter jacket, because I had just read, you know, the last of those four emails that said, I'm choosing an agency. And I'm like, damn, here we fucking go. Here we go again. Just call me in six months and it doesn't fucking work out. Sounds great. God. <laughs> so I just, just lay in my bed and I just was like, all right, here's the fucking deal. <laughs> so annoyed. Was though, like this is the, this is the bigger picture here. Is that's the real piece you you shared. One of the things I say a lot with my clients, or just even on the show, is like that's content. Like we're constantly looking around for like what am I supposed to share? What am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh, half the challenges you're facing all day long, that's content. Like that's content. Share that stuff. And so you found a way to share a moment in time, like right in a moment when it happened. And that's what builds the connection. I think that a lot of times when creating content or organic content, it started on Facebook and then it transitioned to Instagram. And Instagram, in my opinion, I was never able to take off on Instagram. It's so curated. It's so polished. It's posted yep. this time. Do it this way. Have it look this way. Make your grid be aesthetic. And like, that's great for other people, but that doesn't align with me. So I never was able to take off because I have this mentality that you need to document over create. And document means like, 
tell micro stories throughout your day that build a relationship, that build a connection and document your time over creating something that needs to be this big to do. Storytelling in your marketing is not just your founder story and your business story and your customer journey story and your hero journey. Storytelling in your marketing is like, I worked out at 5.30 a.m. this morning and I have not done that since 11 years ago before I had my first baby. And now I'm recording two podcasts today from my couch in my living room and I run a half a million dollar business and this is what it looks like. And then people say, that's relatable. How do I work with you? Like that's the storytelling. I'm documenting my day, interjecting my business into my day and sharing it with you. But an underlying thing about that is that I've literally been showing up on video with no virality for 10 plus years. Like one of my very first lives I did was on my personal Facebook teaching people how to curl their hair. Like how embarrassing. Literally, I think I had five people comment, like 20 views. That was it. And four of the comments were my mom. But I I just was like always wanting to be on video and share. And what ended up happening is people would be like, oh, it's just Hillary, just an overshare, wants to be on camera. And I'm like, oh God, should I make myself small because people are saying that? So it was always like dabbling in it, knowing that this is what I wanted to be and like feeling like I was meant for more, but always being silenced by people saying I'm too much. I'm too out there. Like I need to just like sit back and not do that. So I was always being silenced and honestly feeling alone. Like, like there's gotta be other people out there. Like there's these YouTube stars, not that I wanted to be that, but like they've got to feel this way too, because I'm feeling that on a super small scale 10 years ago. And I think that that's a misconception that people have too, is like, my clients will say, you just, people just tell me, just pull up my phone and document, just like I did my bet. Do you know how hard it is to remember that after I open that email, after I had that, no, just be like, I should talk about this. But if you try to think of it as, You never have to post it. You can just work on opening up your camera and talking into your phone and then let it simmer for a little bit and then decide if that riff was good enough. So it's like that bridge between like, I know I should document over create and then I know I should post it, but there's like that time in between that nobody does it. So the time in between that I found for my clients is just literally pull out your phone and just talk and riff. And I'm sure there's a piece in there that you can make content or if not at all, it's practice. It's just, it's just practice. You need to speed up that time to get comfortable. And the only way to do it is jumping off the diving board. And then what I say is like, if you're working with me, I'm never going to let you drown, but I'm sure as hell going to push you off. I'm just like, just fucking do it and just do it. And then I'm never going to let you drown because you're going to be like, it was horrible. I only had 20 views. And I'm like, great. You got 20 views. That was, if you didn't post it, you would have got zero. So that's good. Oh, I love all of it. And I know, I know I have a couple of other like business coaches and marketers that I've had in the show and they've talked and they've said, you know, a client will say, I've only had 20 views. And the answer they have said, I love to this day is great. If, if 20 people walked into your house right now and said, can I work with you? Are you ready for that? And if the answer is no, then you better celebrate those 20 views as you continue to build your business, right? Like it's, you've got to see those pieces And I'm a big fan of like leaving all that old work out there. I love the story about curling hair. I actually, when I first started, 
um, on video. I think probably some of my first Facebook lives were like 2013, 2014, like nine, 10 years ago. And I was so scared of being on, but I kept feeling this call that I had to do it. So I would actually do it after hot yoga. I don't know what you look like after hot yoga, but I look like a hot freaking mess after hot yoga. And I did it on purpose because it's like, this is who I am. And I'm so glad I followed that idea because then it was like, I don't have to worry about being perfect. They've seen me when I like look my, my definitely messiest. And so find your way, right? If somebody's listening to this, like find your way. But if you're stuck in that, it's got to look a certain way and it's got to be perfect. I often say too, like, who do you relate to? And I know the people I relate to are the real ones doing them in the bed, like doing that, washing their face. Those are the people that I relate to. So it's funny that we put this perfectionistic idea up here, but very few of us actually relate to that. Yeah. It's so you're like literally hit the nail on the head. I always think about too, like when you consume content or when I consume content, I'm not consuming content to be educated. I mean, social media was made to be social and now it has transitioned into social media being created to be social while interjecting some education and sales. And so when I put my kids to bed at night and I'm just got done doing the dishes and I'm laying on my couch and I'm looking and scrolling on my phone, I'm not like, Hmm, I'd love to learn about email marketing right now. Let me just find some TikToks on that. No, I'm stopping my scroll because somebody's laying in their bed talking with passion because passion sells anything. And then I realized, oh my God, I just learned some things about email marketing. I love that. But like if it was just this eight o'clock at night, this curated video that was just like super professional, I'd be like, I'm not in the mood to watch this right now. Good point. Like, I just, I'm like not into that. Like that's just not relatable to me, although it's relatable to some other people. And I think that another thing too, of going back to people being afraid to show up, I think that we get it in our head, a certain amount of reach that we want to have, or a certain amount of clients that we want to have, or, and we're like, we, we have this goal and then we don't focus on the journey to get to the goal. So the journey is where the living is. The journey is where naturally those 50 people come. And it's so, it's so exhilarating if you enjoy the journey to get there that you kind of don't realize, oh shit, I hit my goal. Like that's fucking awesome. So it's like the power of one person. Just find one person who you know that you can help results with or who that you want to serve or create or help or whatever that is. And then that one person turns into two two turns into four and four turns into 10. And all of a sudden you have a thriving business that you're like, wow, okay, guess I need to expand from here. But people get so caught up in the, you know, numbers, you know, the classic like 10K months, six figure year, working with 50 clients, leaving their corporate job and, you know, doing their salary, just like focus on the journey and the one task at a time to get to that end result. Stop thinking about the end result, start focusing on the things right in front of you. And like, that's what people get caught up in because it's like when you cross the marathon line, you're just like, oh yeah, I just ran the race. And now you're thinking about the next race. I just hate that. I was at an event last Thursday and they were talking about how do you set goals? And they're like, Oh, I just think about the end result. And I'm listening to them talk. I'm in the audience. And I'm like, that's so fucking wrong. That's so wrong. 
I'm so wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. I, that's a real pet peeve of mine, to be honest, is people set a goal and they focus on the end result. And I often talk about like, you can put the marathon picture up on your wall and, but you can look at it all you want. If you don't get out and run, if you don't actually go out and do it on the shitty days when the weather sucks and you don't want to, if you don't like dig in and do it at times that you don't feel like it, that's, so it's like the day to day things that add up to that goal. But yeah, no, I'm a big fan believer of exactly what you're saying, because it drives me crazy when people say, no, just visualize the end result. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But I like how you explained it because it's like that journey of getting there is so important. Yeah. Like posting content. You're like, I want to get to, you know, a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. The journey is posting on TikTok when you don't feel like it, when you're sweaty in your car after hot yoga and you don't like the way you look, like that's the milestones that you break through. It's not the 100,000 followers that you feel good. You feel better when you break through those pieces that got you the result. And we need to like enjoy and encourage and celebrate those steps to get to there versus celebrating only the result because you're going to be waiting a long ass time to get to that result. If I was only worried about going viral, man, I would have been disappointed for the last 17 months because I posted over a thousand videos to get to that one that went viral. Luckily, I had of a team and system set up on the back end, but it's still, it's still like I would have been so sad. I would have probably given up at least a year ago if I hadn't gone, if I was so focused on going viral. And, and I love, I love this part of the topic. And I do want to spend a tiny bit time here just because that is such a focus that people have done is being like going viral. And it's interesting because like I had one go viral on um, Instagram and it was a quote that is something I would say anyways. It's actually something I would say, something I have said. It's like right in my field of language. And then I put those words over top of our views when we went out west, Western Canada and was in the mountains. And I actually selfishly did it because I wanted all the pictures in one spot. And so that's <laughs> why I did it. That one went viral. But the nice thing, and I heard you say this before, is that at least it was things, they are things that I would say. You don't want to be focused only on going viral and by picking up a trend of something that's out there, if it doesn't match what you do for your business, because then all of a sudden you attract in a whole bunch of people who aren't even related to what it is that you do. Exactly. Exactly. I think that there's a lot of like social media managers and, and people who help other people with content and they are so focused on the virality and the numbers that what ends up happening is they're only teaching, follow the trends and do the trends to get the viral content. But what ends up happening is they're so focused on that. They're not interjecting who they are and their personal brand. Even if they utilize the trend to be in alignment with what their niche is, it doesn't matter because you need to still weave in those stories or those pieces where people hear your voice, see your face, see what you value, tell some stories, um, document a little bit about your day versus so focused on like the seven second video using a trending sound, using a trending audio, do any of that. And I'll be honest with you. I like would, I probably only use trending audio like 5%. So for every 20 videos, I do one. And the video that I went viral on was a three minute long video. So it's just, 
I don't like growth hacks. How's that? Like, I don't like hacking things. I don't like the five second secret to $50 million. Like, I don't like any type of hacking. I like full transparency. Oh God, who's not? Everybody was like listening to this is like, oh, I love Hillary. I love Hillary. And I'm going to say this. And they're going to be like, I don't love Hillary. (laughs) I don't like biohacking. I don't like trying to hack your body into like gamifying it into being like that little bit better. Like for me, you can be a little bit better sustainably over time if you do some things in your life consistently versus looking for that quick biohack to like just eat better, feel better, do better, like take this one supplement, eat this raw liver, like do that shit. It's like, dude, anything that has the word hacking in it, I'm like, that's, I'm out, I'm out. I love that you said that. I love that you went there. And I think that that's, I mean, that's such a valuable piece and message for people. And so I would love it if you would share how, like, how did you get into the work that you're doing? Because it's been a journey in itself, right? You just shared how you did videos of curling your hair 10 years ago. So how did you get from there to a half a million dollar business that is like pitching to big companies, but also somebody who, and I'm just, I just want to share this piece for people listening who launched a program and sold how many spots in a short period of time from a few posts on social media. Because one of the other things I don't love in the coaching industry, and it's not because I have money blocks, everyone just calm down, is the fact that I have like coaches who are like, I had, you know, a 30 and a $50,000 a month, a $100,000 a month, but they're not sharing that they've been doing this work for so long, or that maybe you did have a $100,000 a month and you pay your coach $90,000 a month. Like, put, let's put life in context. So I would love it if you would share how you got into this journey and that leads into like just what you've recently been launching. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of like stumbled into it in a way that, like I said, I knew that I was meant for more, but my husband has a master's degree in behavioral psychology. He's uh, basically a CrossFit games athlete. So he's got these two very large credentials that I was like, if I want to be an entrepreneur, I have to do it on the back of my husband's degree. I have to do it on the back of my husband's passions because I don't think this anymore, but because I'm just a mom. Mm. I don't have a degree. I'm a hairstylist and I am a bartender. Like I don't have all the things that he has. So in order for us to be millionaires, you know, at the time, that's what I wanted to be is we have to do it on the backs of his passions. So what I ended up doing is like, I was reading all the books, I was consuming all the podcasts. And I listened to this podcast um, from this guy, it was called two brain business. And he was talking about how he started a fitness regimen for kids with cognitive disabilities. Well, my husband is a behavioral analyst and he loves fitness. And I'm like, wow, this is it, Tyler. I'm like, this is it. This is what we need to do. We need to open across the gym and you need to run something for kids with cognitive disabilities and interject fitness into it. And he was like, okay, okay. I like came up with the concept, came up with the idea, sent him the podcast. And within at this time, I was 32 weeks pregnant with our third baby. So it was like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. So we ended up getting a business partner. We opened the CrossFit gym in the morning of March 4th, 2018. We opened it at 10 a.m. And in the evening of March 4th, 2018, at 10 o'clock at night, I had our third baby. So we had two babies one day. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. So um, 
like my husband and our business partner are very personable guys. They're very likable. I would say that I'm pretty likable, likable person. And um, we ended up growing our gym to over a hundred members in nine months. And then from there, we decided to start what we coined therapeutic fitness. And it was basically fitness for kids with cognitive disabilities. And I started following Amy Porterfield's launch stuff, but I ended up taking that launch thing and interjecting it into a live launch that would be in person. So I took Digital Course Academy, I implemented those things into launching Therapeutic Fitness and we sold out. We literally sold out in a couple, I don't even know, a couple days. I couldn't even tell you how long, but it was great. And it was freaking awesome. We also, an underlining thing that kind of happened is um, my husband's center that he was working at. He was working in Autism Treatment Center, who's the clinical director. They did not like that he was launching all of these online things because an underlining thing that he was doing too is he was doing parent coaching. That company did not like that he was doing that. Even though it was not a breach of contract, they did not like it. So they threatened to sue and they said it was a breach of contract. We had to get a lawyer. We had to do all these things. Well, we won. We ended up winning. But what ended up happening is he got you know fired from that job because we chose to keep the parent coaching platform, keep launching therapeutic fitness, all of these things. And then um, we were left with no money. <laughs> He had a basically a six-figure salary, and we're taking a bet on you know a twenty-five-dollar an hour type of a gym, and uh, hoping that he's going to get some online coaching clients. So we ended up selling our house, living off of our savings, moving all three kids into a townhouse, and uh, just taking a bet on ourselves. And I was bartending at night. Then the pandemic happened. <laughs> And we were about to launch the second round of therapeutic fitness and the pandemic happened and I no longer was bartending. So we no longer had that salary. The gym was now shut down. So we didn't even have profit sharing on that because members were like, we don't know what's going to happen. Luckily, we had some members that stayed, but we couldn't launch therapeutic fitness anymore. So we were driving in the car and it came to me. I was like, all these kids are going to be home, Tyler. And all of these parents are going to be like trying to work with their kids home. I'm like, why don't we launch something called in-home gym class and you show up on Zoom and they buy it. And every single afternoon from 12 to 1230, you will do fitness and they will log in and it'll be like a class. We ended up getting 250 plus families from all around the world. We had families from France and Germany that joined therapeutic that joined in-home gym class. Mm -hmm. The underlining thing here was like, this is no dig at my husband, but every idea was mine. Mm -hmm. I was like, let's do this. Let's do that. I was always the behind the scenes. I always came up with the ideas and he was like willing to do them because he needed to be the face. I couldn't be the face of in-home gym class. I didn't, I wasn't a CrossFit Games athlete. I didn't have, you know, a master's degree in behavioral psychology. But what I did have was I knew how to build relationships and I knew how to market it really well. And everything that I helped market on the back end sold out like that. So I knew that I could do it. I just needed him to be the face. Well, then June came along and um, surprise, we're pregnant with our fourth baby in a pandemic and <laughs> we're living in a townhouse. Our gym is still shut down. 
Luckily, in-home gym class was taking off and we had launched a course. So then we had launched an online course because I'm like, let's make some money. I did all of it. I literally on our fridge, I had mapped out everything that my husband needed to do for the day. I was like, respond to this email, reply to this comment, show up on live and talk about this. Um, I need you to like, I literally mapped out the whole launch plan for him. So every day he would wake up and he would look on the fridge and he would be like, this is what I need to do for the day. Super successful course launch. It was called Get Your Kids to Freaking Listen. Great successful launch. The next morning after the cart closed, we were outside in the summertime. We were kicking a soccer ball back and forth. And he said to me, I'm just not an online guy. (laughs) I was like, what? You're not an online guy. We just built these two businesses on the backs of you being the online guy. I was like, oh, no, no, fuck you, dude, <laughs> fuck you, and wow, okay, I because honestly, yeah. I think I was more hurt by that because to be honest with you, those were my babies, mm-hmm. like those yeah. were my ideas. I ran everything, and he was the face, but I did everything, mm-hmm. and so. I got really mad and I went inside and I was a part of at the time, this like kind of entrepreneurial Facebook group. And I thought, you want to know what, if I can just find one person like Tyler who wants to be online though, who can be the face of the business and I can still do the marketing for them on the back end. If I can just find one person, I'll be so happy. Just make like an easy 60, $75,000 a year. No big deal. Like that's what I want to do. I want to find one business owner who needs help, who believes in me, even though I don't have a degree and knows that I can do anything that they need and I will bring them success because now I have proof of concept three different times. And I made a Facebook post inside of that group and I had a Google form and I would be so happy if I got you know one person interested. Well, I ended up getting 52 people apply. And then from there, I took on 10 clients. I had a group of five. So I had a group of five startup entrepreneurs and I had five one-to-one clients and my business was born. And it was amazing. But the thing is, here's the underlining thing that the online coaches will not tell you or the marketing strategists will not tell you is the reason why I got those 52 applications is for the storytelling that I did before launching the actual, here's how you work with me. I told the story publicly about selling our house, my husband losing his job, starting therapeutic fitness, launching in-home gym class, moving our family, having, getting pregnant with our fourth baby. I literally told that whole journey without knowing that my end result would be me launching, working one-to-one. So I was serving and telling and documenting the story that people were following along and seeing the success I was having so much so that when I opened my doors to work with me, they were like, thank God we've been waiting. And so like, that's the story. That's my story of how I started my business. I didn't go to marketing school. I didn't do any of that. I just had a dream and a drive. And then I realized that I was like, I don't need anybody to do this. And I can just be honest with the fact and say, I don't have a marketing degree, but I can get you massive results if you believe in me. So if you take a bet on me, 
I'll work as hard as you need me to. And I'm there for you. And I've gone in with that type of mentality. And if I don't know what the hell this larger company is talking about with all their acronyms and all of that, I'll just simply say, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, (laughs) but whatever it is, I can do it. I just don't know what that means. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all that. All I keep hearing is like this level of like grit and resiliency and tenacity. And it's like, I will figure it out. I will find a way. And I think it's not, it's interesting because it's not just like, I will work hard and make it happen because you do work hard. You also do take the veil off of the whole, like, let's only do four hours a day and we don't have to work hard. There is a level of work hard in every business. And I think that it's there aligned work hard, like aligned. Um, But I love that you shared that because I think it's, it's, we also get stuck in like, I don't have the qualifications and I can't do that, but we all do have something that we can offer and that we can do this piece on story. And I've heard you talk about it many times. I would love for you to just be able to share with the listeners, like, what does it mean to storytell? Like, what does that actually mean in your business? You do it fantastically. I just want people who are listening to understand how simple it can be. I think that storytelling, when I first say you need to start telling stories in your content, people say, I'm nobody special. I don't have a story to tell. And why would people want to hear my story? And I think that that's fucking bullshit because the reality of it is, is storytelling is just like what I said a little bit before is that storytelling is really just documenting. It's sharing a part of your life that's relatable to the person that you probably want to work with. I end up getting very aligned clients. And I think that this goes back to the part where you talked about how people have a sales team and they have a customer service team and they have like, I rarely get people that request refunds. Last year, I only had two people out of the 400 people that I worked with request a refund because I'm so aligned in documenting my storytelling and who I am and my values and my brand so much so that people know exactly what to expect, that they're never blindsided and they're never like, oh, like I didn't pay for this or I thought you were going to do this, this and this. They're never that way because they know exactly what they're going to get. And storytelling to me is basically just sharing a little bit that you feel comfortable with and peeks into your life. And I think that it's the micro stories that really take off, especially right now in content. It's the people, it's giving them a reason to come back to follow. And I think that that's what I utilize my email list for so long. And I, and I still do that. It's a, it's kind of like a micro journal of what happened that day or pieces that happened in your day. And now you're able to do it as a video, like as a video content, it's just like a video journal. And it's not like my life story or my marriage is falling apart or my kids aren't listening. And I did this, this, this. it's just like, Oh my God. For instance, this happened to me. I needed brown sugar. I was making chocolate chip cookies. I needed another half a cup. I was like, Callan, my four-year-old, I need you to run to the neighbor's house and I need you to go get another half a cup of brown sugar. I watch him out the window. He goes and runs and then I watch him come back and he slips and falls on the ice and the brown sugar goes everywhere and he comes back inside and he's crying. Like, that's the story. That's literally the story about what happened in my day. And do you know how many people responded back to me? They were just like, oh my gosh, Hillary, like you wouldn't believe that happened to me once or that's so funny or I feel bad or because here's the thing, 
Everybody borrows stuff from their neighbors from time to time. People make chocolate chip cookies. People have four-year-old kids. People, you know, have live in areas that there's snow. It's like all of these connection points that are relatable. That's what storytelling is. And honestly, that's what marketing is at its core. Marketing is not about making sale. Marketing is about opening a relationship. In order to open a relationship, you have to tell stories. And it's not big, robust stories. Yes, you need a hero's journey story. You need a founder story. You need a business story. But it's the micro stories that build a relationship that actually market your business that get people to buy. Oh, thank you for sharing it the way that you did. And I would encourage like anybody who doesn't follow you, I'll make sure everything is in the show notes um, to find you. But I also know, like I can say, there's a lot of emails I unsubscribe from. I actually open yours and read them probably 95% of the time in full because they're entertaining. And they're like, yep, fill that. Yep. I've done that. Yep. I connect to that. So that's the piece, right? This email marketing, um, everybody's so like focused on being viral and getting the content and doing it all the time online, but we still don't own any of those lists. Like we don't own anything there. And so bringing people back to email is something I know that you're super passionate about and is something that you do like on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was like low hanging fruit for me when I started my business was like, people didn't understand how to tell stories or to write emails to connect. My husband is more on the analytical side. So him writing an email, I was like, just write it like you're talking to your dad or you called your friend up on the phone. Like, just write like that. He's like, I can't do that. I wrote a thesis, a hundred page thesis. I don't want to do that. I write treatment plans for kids that need to go through with insurance. Like he couldn't do that. So then I saw that need and that's kind of like where I, um, got started in like more so in my entrepreneur journey, it was like, okay, I realized that this is a need right now. And I think that a lot of times people get high level and visionary. They're like, this is what I want my business to be. But like I said before, like, let's just take the small micro steps to get to that place. You can't, I'm not saying you can't dream and want that, but what do people want right now? What's a problem that you can solve with the result that you know that you can provide and start there. And then what one of my old mentors used to say, she used to say, use it as like an angel investor to your dream. And I think that that's another misconception that coaches or marketing strategists or whoever in the online space, like quit your nine to five and go all in under your dream. Well, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs here, like we need to eat, we need a roof over our head, we need to pay for daycare, we need heat, like Let's utilize our current nine to five to be an angel investor for our dream business or utilize our low hanging fruit. What we know that we can make money, what we know what we can do could be our bread and butter to then invest it into what we really want to do. Do I really only want to talk about email marketing? No. Do I want to talk about that personal branding is truly email marketing is truly marketing at its core? Yes. That's what I want to talk about. How do you create a personal brand? It's by knowing your values, what you stand for, what are your stories? How do you interject that? How do you become confident in who you are? That's what I really wanted to talk about. My low-hanging fruit was email marketing. I utilize that as my angel investor to get to where I am now. And that's a misconception that not many people are talking about Mm -hmm. either. No, I don't think I've heard anybody say it the way that you just said it now. And I think like I can see how relatable that is in all areas of business, right? It's 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 also we don't need to glorify that you have to be you haven't had success in your job if you 
can't quit your job in order to do your business full time. Like that's like, that's also something else I think, because as somebody said to me yesterday, lettuce is now $8. Can we just maybe not glorify that you have to be quitting your job in order to do things? And I'm like, it's a great point. Like it's, it's such a great point. Also, I think that we, even like as a whole, when it comes to like happiness, it's like we get projected or, you know, societal norms tell us what the look of happy is, but why are we going to dictate what happiness is on top of that, going back to like making money, who dictated that making a hundred thousand dollars was the staple of success. I actually have clients who were teachers and made $40,000 and now they own their own business and they make 50, but they feel like they need to make more. I'm like, you're literally working 18 hours a week, doing what you love, making 10 grand more than you did as a teacher. Why are we keep, why do we keep chasing more when you literally are making more money by working less, Mm -hmm. but because they have it in their head that society in the online space is telling them you're not successful yet. Like what if they just want to make templates for other teachers? They just want to make templates for other teachers and make an extra thousand dollars a month instead of just like hustling their butt up. Okay, great. You made an extra 12 grand this year making templates for teachers by just showing up and marketing yourself organically on Instagram and TikTok for three minutes a day. And you can still be a teacher, but you just made 12 extra grand and then you can put that towards whatever you want. But no, you need to focus on quitting your job and making this full time. It's just, it's so infuriating sometimes. It's very, very frustrating. It is. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you went there. And I think this is just another message for people listening. Like your business can look however you want it to look. It can be whatever you want it to be. Like it's, we have, we have room in everything we're doing online for us all to bring our own unique self to our business and for our business to be satisfying to meet our needs and our needs are all different and what makes us happy is all different. So it's all, it's all good. What, what is next for you? Like, I know your business, like even just, so it's only been, am I correct? And it's been a year or two years since you've been doing this now. I've lost track. It'll be, it'll actually be three years in March. Yeah. So it'll be three years in March that I've had my own business, but I've like, you know, the whole gym and like that has been five years now. So I think I've been like officially a business owner for five years, but my own business will be three years because I made that post you know, I had been dabbling in some things. I think it was in June. So in March is when I LLC'd. June was when I like had my those 10 clients or whatever it was. So, well, I think it was a key time though, because I remember back then, like even in 2020 and 2021, people are like, I, my job was gone. I was like literally trying to navigate like what, and, and there were shiny pennies everywhere. Like, it's like, do I take that course? Do I take this? I don't know what I need. So I think that your timing was perfect for so many people who did have to build from scratch and figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for me is, you know, I think that I really have had to in December evaluate like what it is that I like to do and what are the things that I'm always putting off? Like, I'm like, I'm really good at this, but I'm always putting the shit off. I don't want to do it. Um, I don't have any classical training in copywriting, but I get a lot of people that ask me to write emails for them and write sales pages for them. And although I believe that I'm pretty good at it, 
I'm always putting it off. Like I I never want to do that anymore. But the thing that really lights me up is honestly doing this and talking to people. I just spent a week in Miami. I worked um, with a uh, sports management uh, company and they are they manage different types of athletes from CrossFit to the NBA to the MLB to the NFL. And I went to a CrossFit competition in Miami and I did this. I interviewed them and I talked to them. But the underlining thing that I did is I didn't talk about CrossFit. I talked about their life and who they love and what they like to do and who they are outside of the athlete. And I think that if you are in the sports space, that's the things that people tune into. When you are watching, I'm a huge Packers fan. I haven't even mentioned that yet. Like I fucking love it. Everybody needs to know that. I love the Packers. Okay. But the thing that gets even us women or people who have never watched sports before gets them invested is like, the F1 series on Netflix, when you get to know the driver or when it's um, ESPN, the E60 story behind the scenes of LeBron James and his booming family and his amazing life. Mm-hmm. It's the time in between the kickoff and the plays and the post game and the pregame of the football game that you hear about the quarterback who was the very last pick in the draft and is now going to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He's literally for the 49ers. I can't for the life of me remember his name, but he was the very last pick, the very last pick before they freaking shut the doors down. They're like, all right, the draft is over. He was like, ah, okay, we're going to the 49ers like, all right, we're going to choose you. Guess what? He was the last pick in the draft and he is now the quarterback that is going to the Super Bowl literally in a couple of weeks. So it's like, those are the things that I want to do that I want to tell that I want to talk about. So Number one, that's what my podcast is going to be around. It's like basically the person behind the athlete, the stories behind the athletes, and not just like superstar athletes. It's like people who were athletes growing up and where they are now and how, what is their identity from after being that? Because sometimes when you're a high level athlete, even if it's just a D3 school, you get kind of lost in that. And I don't have a problem talking and sharing about hard things. So that's the second thing. That's the first thing. And the second thing is I have, which you probably see, I have a signature program called Messaging and Marketing Magic. And it's literally all around how to market your business and align your message, your personal brand to who you are to get people to buy from you. So I've created a framework of how I did it what stories to tell, how to do it. But the underlining thing that is like, I feel as though was missing in some courses that I have bought is the accountability piece, the like push you off the diving board. I'm not going to let you drown. Um, so you get one-on-one with me, you get, um, group calls, not only group calls every Tuesday, but you also get them on Friday for Q and a with me. It's not with anybody else. I do have co-coaches that help support, but then also there's homework. You write your stories. We analyze your stories. I help you create your stories and put them into content form. And it's just all around organic marketing. So it's like how to turn that into a video, how to turn that into a post. Now this is how you write an email. This is how you post an email. It's literally everything that organic marketing does. I don't teach paid ads. I don't teach any of that. I've written paid ads before. That's great, but I don't need to be this all-encompassing marketing thing. My marketing strategy is all around perfecting your message, finding out who you are, what you stand for, what your brand values are, and then how to interject that into all organic marketing channels 
and then deciding which one is going to be the most bang for your buck and honestly just doing it. I work with a lot of perfectionists and a lot of people who overanalyze their shit before they even post it. And I'm, I just say like, hey, now it's time to just go do. You've been reading all the books, but you're just consuming. You're not creating and you're not posting and you're not documenting. So no more books, no more podcasts, only listen to me. I'm not like the best at it, but only listen to me and do what I say. And I promise you that you will reap results. So that's like my main thing. I'm trying to get away from a ton of one-to-one because honestly, what I work with in one-to-one is everything inside of messaging and marketing magic. I'm just doing it in a one-to-one capacity. It's like my same framework. They're just getting me the whole time one-to-one. It's not that it's draining for me. It's just like, I think that they could really benefit from other people going through it at the same time, regardless if they're a $50 million company or they are a like startup solopreneur, both of the visions are the same. It's just maybe their delegation is a little bit different. The bigger company, their delegation, maybe they're delegating after they write their stories. They have a team that's condensing it. The solopreneur is doing it all themselves. So it's just a little bit of a different different mindset, but that's that's my main thing that I'm doing um, for all of 2023. And it's, they get access to me for the whole year. So that's another change that I did is that I really, it was only 12 weeks that they get access to me, but now I'm just like, I was launching all of these other challenges and all of these other templates and all of these other things. Then I was like, I wish I had like a core group that I could just give this to instead of constantly selling it. So now it's just like, now I'm going to have that. I'd be like, Hey, I created these email templates for when you're launching. Here you go. Take them. Versus like, I have these things and now I got to sell them again. They're like, well, I just bought from you. Like, I just, it's just too much. I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> well, you simplified it though. You, you've simplified your business to be able to, you know, to reach and support different entrepreneurs. I also love the piece about having, um, you know, in your program, having people at different areas and different parts of their business, because we can all still learn from each other. And I just love the whole community piece. Like, I still think there's this piece on community that a lot of people don't talk about, or there's this threat that, oh my God, she's doing what I'm doing. And that's really scary. And we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. I shared last week that like Brendan Bouchard had a mastermind that he ran. And if you looked at the people, there was 30, 40 people who were there and pretty much anybody podcast wise, I've listened to books I've read, they were all there on the same weekend. How can they support and help each other to grow their business? And like, if some of the best people in the business, in the field can get together and do that, there's no reason that the rest of us can't figure out a way to communicate, collaborate, support each other. And because there's room enough for everybody. Totally. I like fully hundred percent believe that. I think that there's like a little piece of that, that is maybe missing. And in my mind, just as from a marketing standpoint of owning a gym is you can't sell on community because then people think what's wrong with the community I have now? What's wrong with the friends that I have now? Are you telling me that you're better than me? And that has happened before. Why people say that CrossFit is a cult. They're like, come join our community. It's so great. We're so wonderful. Versus like, getting them in and then they realize this is really great. So like from a marketing standpoint, it's difficult for me, for me anyways, to sell community because that's what I get is people are like, why would I need another group of friends? Like I have all these great friends. I think the missing link is like 
Do you ever feel alone? I felt alone in entrepreneurship. Are you feeling like you want to bounce ideas off of a bunch of people or you make a post that was scary and you need people to say like, hey, can you guys comment on this? Like, this was like really hard for me to do. Like there's those type of marketing aspects that I think that people can really benefit from. It just takes like a little bit of tweaking of your marketing and your messaging versus like, have this great new networking group. They're like, I, what do I need that for? You know, like they don't realize it. So that's just like a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a side tangent on that. The other thing about the Brendan Burchard thing is that a misconception that people also have is you have to hire somebody who makes more money than you. This is like a complete side tangent, but my current mentor coach that I have, I probably think that she makes, if she's listening to this, I'm not going to say her name. I bet she makes less than half of what I make. And she's totally fine with that. Hire for the skill or the thing that you need help with and don't hire because of the money that they make. Like that to me is just is just so ass backwards in our field. Mm-hmm. On top of that, don't hire if their lifestyle isn't what you desire to have. So glad you said that. It's I, like, oh, I love it. I do. Sorry. I love that because in the beginning, when I first started, I'm not going to lie. Like the money was a little bit flashy. It'd be like, oh my God, they did this, they did this. And then all of a sudden it's like, but they're not living any of the life that I want. They don't have the same values. We're not even in the, like, who cares? So really to me, it's also like, are they wherever they're at? Are they having some level of success? Like in that it's working and do they have the kind of values that I can align with? That speaks more to me than their sales dollars. Totally. Like literally same. How are they showing up online? Is their content the way that I want to be making content? Is their messaging the way that I want to be messaging? Is what they do on their time off what I desire to do on my time off? Mm-hmm. Is how they're showing up to their audience something that I think that I align with? Or do I just think that they're really fancy, make a lot of money and are very flashy. So I want to hire them. That was me. That was a hundred percent me. I was like, oh, I want to hire that. I want to be in Brendan Burchard's circle. Honestly, I want to be in Jenna Kutcher's Kutcher's circle. Like I want to do that right now. I'm like, I just, I just, no, I just don't. Yeah. Like this is not who I am. I hired my new coach. I think she's freaking amazing. I will work with her. So I don't even know how long. And she literally helps me with a skill set that I have missing. And I literally don't even think she makes that much money, but she sure as hell should because she's really great at her job. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing all of that, honestly, because I just, you're just giving so much um, permission to people who are starting out in their businesses, or maybe they are growing their business, depending where they're at. And you're also showing that it can be however you want it to be. You get to build it, right? And to tie the loop back to it, as you just finished right here, is it really comes down to letting people see who you are, know who you are, what your values are, what your story is, and letting people see that real authentic you. And I, that's one of the best things I love about the content that you put out there. Oh, thanks. And I think that it gets... 
it gets tricky if you don't know who you are. And I think that that's the question that I ask in week one of messaging and marketing magic. It's the three-letter question, three-word question that a lot of times people say, Hillary, I didn't know you were taking me to church. <laughs> Hillary, I didn't know that I signed up for this, but here we are. And I don't have a problem sharing it here. It's like, that's the question I ask. Who are you? Mm. Oh God, that's so powerful. So powerful. No. And I love it because I just want to say here too, because people are looking for the answer, right? That solution. And you're saying, wait, you have it. You have to know who you are and what's important to you first. And that means going internal to look, which makes people really uncomfortable sometimes, right? Can't sell if you're not confident in yourself. Yeah. And if you don't know who you are, then you're not going to be confident in any product or service that you're selling. No. And it, I'm not a mindset coach, but I do know that you need to have some level of confidence and understand who you are if you're going to sell anything at all and sell it with passion, you know? Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So I will make sure everyone, like all of your links and everything are in the show notes. You are most predominantly on TikTok and on some on Instagram, right? Yeah, I usually I'm trying to get better at posting on Instagram Me and Instagram. I mean, I show up on my stories on Instagram every single day. It's just like the actual posting on Instagram. I just was like, I just like felt what we talked about before is curated. I didn't know how to be I felt like I needed to be a certain way. So I'm just utilizing how I'm showing up on TikTok and just trying to interject that into Instagram. So I'm trying to be better um, at that. But yeah. Perfect. And you're starting your podcast called? It's called Honest with Hillary. It's all around uh, the stories that made them. Um, Gosh, I like have it written out, but it's basically the stories you should tell and the emails you won't publish. That's kind of it. Oh, the stories you should tell and the emails you won't publish. Exactly it. Oh, that's that's the tagline. I love it. I love it. Honestly, I have loved this conversation. Thank you for um, saying yes and being here because uh, I just knew, I knew you would have so much value to give to the listeners um, from this side of business that people don't talk enough about in my opinion. So I love, love, love everything that you've shared. And I have one more question for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh my gosh. I love this one. <laughs> what lesson in, in life um, I'm most grateful for? Um, I would say that, I don't know if it's like a mantra or a lesson, but it's basically around the fact that like you are enough and you're not too much. You're just too much for the people that don't need to be in your energy or in your space. And that's okay. And I think that that is just a life lesson that I've had for so long that I never lived in, you know, until recently, probably over the last like three years that I was like, I'm literally not too much. I am just right for me. And if they don't fucking like it, that's okay. You're not worthy of my energy. Like that's a cool. <laughs> I love it. And I can so relate to that. I've been told I was too much from many, 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 many years. I've heard that. So I think that that's the thing is, is that if you are feeling or hearing that you are too much, then maybe that's not your people. 
That's exactly it. Exactly it. And yeah, so good. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it was so good. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Mm